What's just happened, Jack? Sit down, shut up. Yeah, good explanation. Thanks a lot, mate. Back to the studio. This week, Jack and Alex travelled to Newcastle with the mighty Oxford United. Hey Jack! Hey Alex, mate, how are you? Very good, thank you. Uh, if you are new to the podcast, we should say that this is the podcast that chronicles uh, our story through the FA Cup from the first round on the 10th of August all the way through to the final on the 23rd of May at Wembley. Where are we up to? Uh, we've just... What round are we up to, man? I think, yeah, fourth round? Yeah, that sounds right. Fifth round, then quarter, then semi, then final. Yeah, fourth round. So who are we following at the moment? So we're following Oxford United, who in the previous episode beat our beloved Hartlepool. Uh, pretty convincingly 3-1 but now we're facing our first Premier League side don't give us spoilers but it is Newcastle Newcastle uh, the mighty magpies are we the lads are we the lads as we said in Hartlepool as well um, yeah yeah that's weird isn't it we had Hartlepool and Newcastle we had mm. a lot of um, Geordie-esque teams just, just love the North East we really do well it's our first trip out to the North East despite following Hartlepool for so long it was an excuse to listen to Sam Fender on repeat I've, yeah non-stop Sam Fender so Sam Fender was trending today on Twitter do you know why why so he cancelled another gig and he's really famous for cancelling gigs why he just always I, I've been at Glastonbury cancelled as well and I believe I was going to go see him once and he cancelled there oh my god he always cancels gigs so in his case Saturday did come too soon yeah exactly I mean it is quite niche Sam Fender banter anyone who's <laughs> ever heard of Sam Fender he's a Geordie indie like, it's like Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, he's, a, um, he's the British Bruce Springsteen. He's really good though. I feel like, he's, he's really blown up. He's quite a big deal. I think, I think his album was like number one. He was big in Newcastle, wasn't he? Yeah, there's a whole shop for him. Yeah, pop-up store. It was closed, but... I remember, yeah, it's fitting to the character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shut down again, Sam Fender. Your chancer. Um, yeah, yeah, I've been having it on non-stop. I just, we just love Newcastle so much. We'll get, we'll get into the city in a minute. Yeah, it's been a really busy week for us, right? Yeah, it's been intense. Oh, it's been non-stop. Um, yeah, it's our, it's our biggest trip and I think... For my mind, the best. Yeah, definitely. No, no offence to Turn Bay. Yeah, or, uh, <laughs> as good as Yeovil was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Yeovil was a disaster, but... Um, yeah, we've got a lot to get through. Should we crack on? We crack on. Let's get on to everyone's favourite bit. Well, everyone's favourite bit for now. We've got a, an old feature coming back at the end of the show, so stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get on to what's called Two Boys, One Cup News. At 10, Two Boys, One Cup News. So... This is the feature where one of us reads out three stories. Two of these stories are fake, one of the stories is true, and the other person has to work out which one is true. It was inspired by Rebecca Vardy and Colleen Rooney's feud, uh, which is all about fake news. Yeah, two legends of the game. Yeah, well, I've got three stories for you today, Jack. The first one is called Court Kidnapping. Okay, crack on. So it's about a guy called Arjan van Erkel, who is a former Dutch international. He was kidnapped in 1999 when on holiday with his family and he was forced to eventually pay a ransom of 100,000 Dutch guilders, which was the currency at the time. Um, before his kidnappers released him, they weirdly forced him to sign a number of PSV shirts, which was the club he played for. So he paid the ransom and he was released. And then a few weeks later, it occurred to him that they were probably going to try and sell the shirts online. So... He had a look online and remarkably, he found, uh, yeah, he found that they were being sold. 
He passed this information on to the authorities. Um, this investigation was led by a Dutch Lebanese guy called uh, Ashkan Vermadsen. Uh, and Ashkan tracked the IP address of the uh, well, of the shirts being sold, uh, and actually located the the kidnappers and arrested them. It's wow, pretty, it's pretty incredible, isn't it? Happy ending. Well, not quite, because unfortunately they weren't, you know, they weren't able to um, recover the ransom. Oh, so it's still out of pocket. It is out of pocket. Did he sign the shirts in a particular way that they could be traced? It's a good question. Uh, I don't think so. There, there was none of that in the story that I read. That's what I would have done if I was kidnapped. Was his family kidnapped? Uh, I don't think so. I imagine like he probably I don't know, went to the loo or something and they <laughs> never came back. We get if he came back and they didn't notice he'd been gone. I imagine. Yeah, I don't know whether the first the family heard of it was being asked to pay hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the currency was. Yeah. What year was? Do you know what year it was? Nineteen ninety nine. So. £100,000 for a football at that time is that, that crazy I don't, I don't know what the exchange rate, right, exchange rate is either it's probably nothing yeah. it's probably like £4.50 these idiots are kidnapped really. that's why they're getting to sign the shirts that's yeah. where their real money is well don't go on holiday uh, I don't know where it was Lebanon Lebanon good if you was holidaying somewhere you know yeah. England Holland yeah. <laughs> Holland yeah just by the lake <laughs> right shall I read the second story yes this one Jack is called a Lancashire shitstorm oh god so in 2008, Keith Hill, the Rochdale manager, was trying to sign a young English player, young English talent called Wes Dawson. Uh, Dawson had the choice of two Lancashire clubs, Rochdale or Oldham. So Keith Hill, Rochdale manager, invited Dawson to the training ground uh, and talked to him for a while about the club and the prospects and what he's planning to do with the club. Dawson asked whether he'd go to the toilet. Um, he was in the loo for about 15 minutes and then when he came out he seemed flustered and said uh, I'm sorry I've got an emergency at home um, and he promised to text Keith Hill back uh, about whether he was going to sign for Oldham or Rochdale seems normal so far right? it's pretty standard I mean I don't know why it's on record that he asked us to the toilet <laughs> just, I assume something's going to go wrong so 30 minutes later you're quite right a woman rushed into Keith Hill's office and said uh, someone has made a mess in the toilets <laughs> Uh, it transpired that Dawson had been a boyhood Oldham fan and had smeared in shit the words, or the letters, O-A-F-C, which is Oldham Athletic Football Club. Right. Uh, on the cubicle wall. In a rage, Keith Hill called Dawson's mum, uh, called Dawson, who still lived at home, and obviously his mum picked up, uh, and he explained to Dawson's mum what he'd done and the very next day, Miss Dawson marched her son back to Rochdale's training ground and forced him to apologise to Keith Hill. Good honour. Good, good mothering. That is good mothering. Too right. Didn't happen enough these days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Old school mothering. Uh, anyway, this is the real twist. Dawson's move to Rochdale, move to Oldham fell through. And so in the end, he ended up signing for Rochdale. Uh, and he went on to play for them for four years before he moved to Blythe Spartans in 2013. So he did sign for the club in the end. After, he, all that. after all that, it just shows that there's no morality in football. No, the game's gone. Yeah. I thought the twist of that story was going to be <clears throat> that either while he was apologising, he did it again, <laughs> or his mum did it. <laughs> I mean, if his mum did it, if his mum did it, I that, take back my mum. Nice mum. That would comments. have been the most incredible. Like Keith Hill thought he's got got one over on Wes Dawson, yeah. and his mum does it instead. That would have been a good. Also, old... Wes Dawson is the most English football player's name I've heard in my entire life. Yeah, it, it sounds like, like someone he's playing for. I don't know. It sounds like as I said, yeah, the football manager players that come through in twenty thirty three. Yeah, in League Two or something. Or just someone playing for Brentford in midfield, and you never really hear him hear him again. Yeah, maybe or, he scores one goal in the Prem, and you never hear him again. As it happens, plays for uh, Rochdale at right back. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And then Blythe Spartans. 
Cool. Right, shall I crack on with the next story? Yep. The final story, it's called A Schlong Schlong Time Ago. Well, we've had two, well, I assume this would be rude. We've had two rude stories so far. You'll see what you want, mate. My mum listens to this, so. It's a bit more high profile, though. It includes one of football's biggest personalities, Nick Anelka. You call him Nick? <laughs> <laughs> I've always heard him refer to as Nicholas Anelka. At this stage uh, of the story, he is at Arsenal. Okay. He's only 18. Uh, his career is going from strength to strength. Well, that is until he falls out with club captain Patrick Vieira. Uh, we join the story in a game against Fulham. Uh, Anelka receives a pass from Dennis Burkamp, Premier League legend. Anelka rounds the goalkeeper with ease and inexplicably puts the ball wide with his left foot. Doesn't sound like Anelka, does it? I know, he's usually clinical. Um, he looks over at the captain Vieira. Vieira gives him a glare. And um, this continues after the game, so... This is all, all set in Anelka's autobiography. Apparently, after it's in the showers, uh, Vieira absolutely tears into Anelka, shouting all kinds of abuse at him. And uh, as you kind of might not be surprised to hear, Anelka loses it. I don't think he's a particularly cool customer. He's famously a difficult person. And he calls him a lanky-limbed bumber clut. Right. <laughs> Anelka... Okay, carry on. Sorry. I'll talk a little bit about Anelka in a minute. Okay. Um... So this is a quote again from Anelka's book. At first, he just stared at me with his hollow eyes. Then, wham. Just like that, he slapped me across the face with his penis. <laughs> right. Okay. This is another quote. <laughs> so is Anelka sitting down? <laughs> I, I wasn't there. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's calm ourselves and get back to the story. Let's crack on. <clears throat> this is another quote from the book. <laughs> it was like being struck with a wet kipper <laughs> he goes on to say can you, can you imagine how embarrassing it is to be slapped across the face with this best bit with a 14 inch pork sword in front of your teammates right and Elka said that apparently so uh, <laughs> this is all in the autobiography no one said anything for what seemed like an eternity <laughs> Until the silence was broken when Ashley Cole said, Is it my turn yet? <laughs> it's like a fucking like a carry on film or something. What is, what is this story? So, um, when, when, when Venga found out. <laughs> I forgot about Venga. When Venga found out what he'd done, apparently he said, And that's why he's the captain. <laughs> and, uh, well, genuinely, Elka said, This is why he had to leave Arsenal. <laughs> Um, that can't possibly be true. I don't, I don't think an Elka would have phrased things like that. Well, uh, you're lost for words, aren't you? I am lost for words. An Elka's a weird guy. That was a schlong schlong time ago. Okay, right. That's, yeah, I guess that name kind of works. I guess we've got to the point in the feature where you have to work out which of those three awful stories is true. <laughs> yeah. Which of them is fake. I'll give you the titles again. Please do. Uh, the first one was Caught Kidnapping. Yep. The second one was a Lancashire shitstorm and the third one was a schlong schlong time ago um I feel like I don't think it's kidnapping okay because I think you were way too specific with the name of the detective <laughs> I think you meant it too hard Wes Dawson sounds too generic okay as a footballer that's the second story I don't think that's true either Keith Hill again quite a generic when I try to think of the stories when I do it this feature yeah. I come up with names like Keith Hill and Wes, and Wes, <laughs> Wes, Wes I, I can see see what you're doing there it's so ridiculous long, long time ago uh, 
but it was a good story and there's some funny stuff in there. And it, either it's if it's not true and it's fake, well done for writing that. It's really funny. So I'm gonna go for that. Well, you've got it right, mate. That's no way. Is <laughs> Apparently that true? that's true. No so way I is also couldn't believe that was true when I. That's when I read not. It. That's not true. Right, let me let me give you some evidence. Okay. I also obviously read that and thought that's absurd. That's definitely not true. Yeah. Yeah. I did some research online. It's de- it is definitely in the autobiography. So an yeah, did publish that. That's in book. different from being. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some people said he might have embellished the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Why well, is actually Carl makes some sort of off-colour gay joke? <laughs> that's the way I read that. <laughs> do you not? Do you not think that was what he was implying? So who phrases like a fourteen-inch fork sword? Yeah. So is he, he's saying Vieira had a fourteen-inch flaccid penis. <laughs> And why? And, and Elka wrote that. And Benka's saying that's why he's the captain. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like that sounds like the kind of shit we make up. I know. Well, it's in his book. Isn't Elka a Nazi? <laughs> no, he he did do a Nazi salute when he played for West Brom. So I don't know why he's. That sounds like it sold copies, didn't it? Well, I don't know. I never heard it before. That is insane. I I really hope it's true. I don't think it's true. I think that's that was true. An embellishment of the truth. Maybe we we, we bought um. Neil Warnock's autobiography. Maybe we should have bought an Elkers. Yeah, it does sound incredible. It sounds it? better. If Neil Warnock's autobiography is shit, we'll buy an Elkers, all right? Yeah, for sure. Well, I think uh, it's maybe time we move past 14 inch pork swords. Yeah, let's get onto the real stuff. Let's okay. get onto the two. At 10, it's two boys, one cup news. So, Jack, you're going to tell me about the club? I am, uh, which is Newcastle United. Before we do that, we need to have our new club jingle, which is a big part of the show. Oh, yeah. Do you want to press play on the machine? Yep. Give me one moment and boop. If you want to listen now, turn it up and turn it loud. If you want to grab some grub, now's the time because we're on new club. That was good, mate. That's the, the machine's getting better. Yeah, it's starting to play out the bangers, isn't it? I'm a bit scared for when you press it next week and, <laughs> and you know, it's gonna, someone else is going to have to do it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Should we crack on with Newcastle? Please, tell me about them. So, by far, the most famous club we've covered on this pod, uh, which is why I won't go into too much detail. I think everyone knows who Newcastle Football Club are. Uh, founded in 1892. Uh, they're a merger of Newcastle East End and, do you know, which other, which other club? Gateshead United. No, Newcastle West End. Oh, shit. Uh, they play at St James's Park and have done the entire time, which is also called, is it called the Sports Direct Stadium as well? Sports Direct Arena or something, yeah. I think everyone just calls it St James's Park. I think so. Uh, manager is Steve Bruce, who you thought would bring them down this season, but he's done a, I think he's done a really good job. I have good money on Steve Bruce to be the first manager to get sacked this season. And he's done a really, really good job. I think Newcastle good this season. Brilliant job. Very uh, likeable as well. He is. He's no ref like And much like Warnock, a uh, famed footballing novelist. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we get on that a bit later as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, owned by Mike Ashley, who everyone agrees is a twat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he's got own Sports Direct and is yeah. famously a horrible, horrible man. Uh, well, the less said about him, the better. <laughs> um, they, this is the first club that we're covering who have won the FA Cup. Really? Yeah. It's wow. A big, it's a big deal, isn't it? That's really cool. Do you know how many, how many they won? I'll guess three. Six. Wow. What club? The last, oh, you forget how big a club Newcastle is. I realise that when we went to go see them. They're a massive club. Yeah. The last time they won it was 1955, though, so a while away. But yeah, our first club that's ever won it. Um, which is really cool um, they also won the first division four times the last time was in 1927 yeah. uh, any guess of who their record goal scorer is is it um, Miguel Amaral no sadly not although he has finally scored a goal it is Alan Sheila of course uh, probably the Premier League's well one of the Premier League's best strikers I'd say Cherry Henry was a bit better than them mm-hmm. but Shearer was obviously very very good not Harry Kane uh, I don't think Harry Kane's better than Shearer yet no I think Shearer's good you can't really fault Shearer on his goals 
I think he'd yeah. I feel like I'd probably say Aguero and Henri are better. I'd say Rooney is his better best as well. striker of all time. Really, fair mm. enough. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he's got two hundred six goals for Newcastle. Uh, a lot of those in the Premier League. Uh, they were relegated in 2009 and 2016, uh, so it's not all been roses for them. Um, Raf Benitez brought them up in 2000, the, yeah. the following season, actually. Uh, you love Benitez, don't you? Because you're mm-hmm. a Liverpool boy. Can I say about the sticker I bought? Go you ahead. told me specifically not to mention this in the podcast. I don't think you describing a sticker will be good radio, but let's find out. I'll put it on the Instagram. Follow us on Instagram, two, bo- two underscore boys underscore one. Uh, it's a black and white sticker that says Revolution. Yep, it's got. It's kind of like modelled after Che Guevara. But with Rafa Benitez's face. Yeah. Pretty funny, I guess. Pretty good. As a Liverpool fan, I like it. You like it a lot. Um, famous fans. Do you have a guess? Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam Fender. Yeah. He obviously supports them. Good, yeah. um, there's a really good video of Sam Fender meeting Alan Shearer, and it's really sweet. It's gorgeous, isn't it? it makes me really happy. Yeah, me too. We're talking a lot about Sam Fender this podcast, the Sam, the Sam Fender podcast. Uh, Sting is a fan of the Magpies. Really? Yeah. He? Do you like Sting? He's Geordie. Is he Geordie? No, I just said Geordie. Uh, yeah, Sting from the the police. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Johnson, who used to front ACDC. Okay, cool. He's isn't Austra- ACDC Australia. Yeah, but he sports Newcastle. Maybe it's Newcastle Jets. No, <laughs> oh, maybe that'd be embarrassing. I'm pretty sure he <laughs> does support the real Newcastle. Okay. So I, I think I've seen a picture of him fronting ACDC wearing a Newcastle shirt. Okay, I don't like the police or ACDC. So so far, the only person I like so far is Sam Fender. It's a very musical podcast. Isn't yeah. It? Speaking of shit bands, uh, Dire Straits, the band are a fan of them. They're a fan of Newcastle band. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, wow. I, don't, I don't like any of them, but I like some Fender. Very musical city, I think. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Not a very good musical city. <laughs> One in four. Good. Um, nickname is the Magpies. I've said already. And yeah, not much say. Like they are a huge club. I feel like it's kind of fun talking about the talking about these niche clubs but yeah, talking about the big clubs would be boring I think everyone knows these clubs well thanks for ruining that feature well no I think I don't know Sting was a fan no that's true that changed things um, it's just got you're right it's got a different feel to it talking about such a big club doesn't it yeah uh, so let's talk about the city of Newcastle instead mm-hmm. um, should we join the boys in the boozer let's do that hey mate hello mate how are you finding Newcastle well, not bad. I mean, we did just record about 10 minutes of content and then forgot to press record, so... Yeah, this is a bit wooden, this bit. It's because we've already had this conversation before and now we're pretending to do it again. Yeah, exactly. Listeners. That's exactly what's happening. You find on, like, Football Weekly, they pretend not to do this, but we're going to be honest with you. This is all bullshit, basically. We really care about our listeners. Uh, the honest truth is, everything you're about to hear has already happened. So enjoy it. Um, we're currently in the second best-rated pub in Newcastle. The best-rated pub, which is next door to our flat, was closed. Well, not open yet. We're so hardcore, as Alex pointed out last time in the previous conversation. Um, it's really nice, it's a really nice pub. Newcastle itself, I've been very, very impressed. My first time here, and I'm a tune virgin, yeah. Um, yeah, it's blown me away so far. I, I do think it has a bit of a party reputation, doesn't it? Like when we got off the train, what? it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait, what? When we got off the train, it was kind of like it felt like I was in Ironapa, but in the north of England, which yeah. is, I suppose, that's exactly what Newcastle is. It's ideal. On our little walk from the station, everyone started talking to us, everyone was fucked. We were, we were too sober for that, really. And we were quite we were, we were four pints in and yeah. too sober for it. Too sober for Newcastle. Um, but we're going out tonight, so hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll do a little bit of a... I mean, on this podcast, we, we really talk about the football, I find that. I really, the game's usually the, the tiniest part of the, part of the pod, so... Come on, then, talk to me about football. Um, who's your favourite Newcastle player right now, at the second? Current Newcastle player. Obviously, Miguel Amaron. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that as well. Second favourite? Uh, Longstaff, is that his name? Yeah, Sean or uh, the other one? Uh, he's the one who's ginger and really... Matty. Matty Longstaff. He's, when, he, when he scores for Newcastle, 
I hope he scores. Obviously, Mark's a fan. If he scores today, his face, you can see he's proper Newcastle. Like he's, he's Geordie for him, for isn't like, he? He's ripping, like, putting his own skin apart. He's like so happy. Pulling his own skin yeah, apart. Like, his face is like he's contorting so much. He's like, he can't believe he's just scored for, his, for the best club in the world, in his mind. Yeah, of course. I was loving for that. Um, I like all that. I like, I like um, St. Maxim. I like all those players. Yeah. But Oxford are going to beat them, so it doesn't matter. That's true. Do you, think we, do you actually think we've got a chance? Well, I think Jack in the studio right now might be laughing at me. He might be thinking, oh, you were so naive, Jack. Other Jack, past Jack. I generally, generally believe Oxford can get something from this game. I agree. I think there's a real opportunity for Oxford. I think they show what they could do against Man City. Fingers crossed. 2-0 against Man City is a good scoreline. How good they are. Yeah, I think the score was 3-1, but we'll take 2-0, sure. Sure okay, we'll Google it after this. But. In the studio, they're going to they're laugh at one of us. Probably me, but we'll see. Ha, 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 ha. It was 3-1, wasn't it? It was 3-1 to Man City. What a fool I was. What a fool of a tuck. <laughs> Good. Um, before we crack into the game, should we talk a little bit more about Newcastle? Yeah, it was quite a big commitment for us, wasn't it? It's was the one we've, we came off on the Friday night straight from work, got back at like 11.30 in London. Yeah, it was a big one, big weekend. We really um, committed to the city. And I'm glad we did. It's really cool. It reminded me a lot of Berlin, in a weird way. It was really grungy, but in a good way. In a yeah, cool way. not the nightlife. No, the nightlife wasn't very Berlinian. The nightlife, the nightlife was very English. Yeah. But uh, just, I thought it was a really cool city. Quite striking landscapes and stuff. It was really good. It was um, really good fun, wasn't it? And they are football mad. Mm. It felt like the entire city was at the game. That's the one thing you should say about St. James's Park. Is it's kind of like... I've never been to a football stadium where you feel like you're in the city centre and then kind of you go around a corner and there's this cathedral yeah. of football kind of... Yeah, it's like, it's like we, were in, we were in a shop, uh, this like football memorabilia shop, and it literally felt like you were five minutes away from yeah. the, the opening to the stadium, which it's is like so strange. The whole city seems to live in the shadow of the of the stadium. Yeah, in a good way. That sounds a bit menacing, though, yeah. but in a good way. Uh, yeah, it's just really cool, and yeah, people are just obsessed with it. Uh, loads of Oxford fans turned up, which is great. Uh, in the last pod, we said the Oxford fans were quite quiet. So the atmosphere is really good. I think it kind of helps. We were, um, we were walking up to the very top of the ground, and the noise. They were brilliant, weren't we, those, those Oxford fans? Yeah, it was day and night from the last game we went to. Yeah. If they acted like that against Hartlepool, they, uh, well, they won, but <laughs> <laughs> they would have won even more. One thing we didn't get to do at Oxford so much uh, was go to nice pubs. Yeah, um, we certainly went to a few, uh, a few in Newcastle. What's just happened, Jack? Sit down, shut up. Yeah, good explanation. Thanks a lot, mate. Back to the studio. I think what it's been is right. It's been a goal that was clearly offside for Newcastle. All the Newcastle fans cleared, and all the Oxford fans chanted, "Sit down, shut up." And I joined in. And you Sit. joined in because you're absolutely fucked. Jack's pretty drunk right now, so I'm going to solo take over the mic and uh, commentate on the game. We're pretty high up, or I'd say 80% at the back of the stand. You can see a whole kind of panorama of the pitch. The sun's setting over Newcastle at the moment. Oxford are playing pretty well, to be fair. Um, they've had the better chance. Jamie Mackey had a really good chance not long ago, about five minutes ago. I, I would say... Looks unlikely that any team is going to clinch it, but we'll, uh, we'll find out in a few minutes. Come on, you yellows! And in fact, the game did end 0-0, as you predict, Alex, um, which is a good result for Oxford. 
Premier, very good result for Oxford. Premier League side back to the Kazam, the yeah. mighty Kazam. Alakazam. Alakazam, as they call it, maybe. I don't know. They don't. Uh, Magic with the cup. Yeah, I was, you know, it was, for a 0-0, I really, really enjoyed it. And not because I was obviously drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was. But the atmosphere was good. I know, I know when I say the atmosphere, it was like a combination of away fans and home fans. The ground's really good. The ground's gorgeous, isn't it? Yeah. It's so nice. Um, the city's really nice. Like, there's no animosity. It was just, it was just really, really fun. Uh, probably one of my favourite games this season. It was a brilliant weekend, wasn't it, really? Yeah, really good. Um, we loved it. We, we, got, we booked tickets for the replay. Booked, yeah. Booked them today. So that is, well, next week. Yeah, Tuesday. Uh, and if Oxford do that... Do you see it's on telly, by the way? Is it? So there's going to be lots of press there. Uh, look, to speak from the uh, the FA Cup stars. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, some Look out for us guys in the telly. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I think Oxford will do it. I think they will. Bloody hope they will. And then we'll be, and then I think we'll be with the lowest ranked side. Going, yes, going into that round. Yes. Is that fifth round. Yeah. Well, Shrewsbury's still in, I think. They're, re- they're playing Liverpool. And there's someone else in there. Yeah, they're playing Liverpool. They're so you'll probably get they're about to, hopefully they're about to Liverpool, and then we'll be the lowest side. Yeah, uh, and then we'll get well, we travel to Birmingham. West Brom so this this is the first time I think this has happened the FA Cup or at least the first time for a long time uh, the next round the fifth round will be midweek and that's because the Premier League have a winter break this year um, so it's not going to be they're not they're having up a free weekend in the Premier League and therefore the hopefully Oxford versus West Brom game or West Brom versus Oxford game will yeah. be on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night yep which will be a pain in the ass for us with work but we do it for you do it for the listeners at home yeah. so keep listening keep listening that's about the end of the poll, Alex, but um, an old friend has come back, hasn't he? It has. Yeah, he has. It has. It sorry. Has. He's, sorry. He's got a name. So I think we should give this some context. Uh, if you were one of the few people listening to our early podcasts. Both of you. Yeah. <laughs> mum. Mum. That sounds like I've got two mums. Jack's mum. My mum. Anyway. Uh, you will know about our reading from Neil Warnock. Uh, we used to read the original Neil Warnock book and then we felt like we'd gone through a lot of the book. But we found out in the last episode, or Jack revealed to me, that... There's a second autobiography that he wrote. A second edition. Um, which got awful reviews, which yeah. I'm looking forward to. Which is perfect. Uh, and you found something from the book? I found a section. Um, I should say this section maybe doesn't have the same comedic value, but it does uh, hark back to something we love about Neil. It's about his life before management, his other various jobs... Can you remember what job he uh, he did previously? Do I? He was a shropodist. He was a shropodist, yeah. He worked with feet. About all of our new listeners are switched off now because they have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, so Neil what? Played with old ladies' feet, basically? Neil was a very good shropodist okay. and bragged about it a lot. Uh, should we just crack onto the book? I'll start reading. In the mid-70s, there was an occasion where a part-time referee went to a match on a military base in Lincolnshire. The conditions were awful, and to make matters worse, the pitch sloped uphill. The home side, kicking up the slope, raced into a 3-0 lead, before they had a certain penalty to make it 4-0 before half-time. The referee thought, if I give this, then the second half will be a massacre kicking downhill. They'll get another 5 or 6. I won't enjoy that, so he didn't give the penalty. In the second half, the visiting king came back and scored 4 goals, winning 4-3. When the game finished, the referee headed quickly to his car, pausing as he passed the club secretary to say, put my expenses into the club's funds. It was the only way he could think that would compensate them. Yes, I was that referee. What? <laughs> I did not expect that at all. That's cool, isn't it? It's a really well, genuine and well-written That piece. was an amazing twist. <laughs> what? That was great. Warnock was a referee. That was like the best thing he's ever written. Yeah, it was really good. I don't God. know where all these reviews are coming from. I feel like people who have listened to the first podcast I've won't appreciate it. People, people listen to all of it would find that really interesting because obviously Walnut's a massive character for us, but he used to be a referee and yeah. he, did something, he did something quite cheeky there. Like, like, he made a mistake. Also, 
uh, it's vintage Warnock is where he says, "Give my funds to the club," like he's some kind of hero. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's gonna make up for it. Yeah, I mean, it must be a bit of a Tim Pot club anyway. If after the pitch is uphill. Yeah, I think it was well, a military. I think it's just yeah. Also, military people, again, people have not really listened to us and listened to the, the parts of the book. He blames everyone all the time. He's obsessed with blaming everyone for his losses. Yeah. That's a great example of him doing the thing that he always moans about. Yeah, exactly. If that happened to him, he would never hit a fucking end of it. Yeah, unbelievable, Neil. What a guy. I'm glad to have him back, though. It feels like having a, a warm blanket around me. Yeah, that's, a, that's the best. Uh, this book's already better. It's good, isn't it? Um, I'd love to hear how he got sacked. Well, maybe that was his last game as a referee. <laughs> after he deliberately didn't give someone a goal because they thought they were winning by too much and he wouldn't enjoy also, it. Is that what he was, I wouldn't enjoy it? I wouldn't enjoy this. Yeah, yeah. So it's not about you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, what kind of game where the, up, the team playing uphill scores three yeah, the and team... then the team playing uphill again scores four? Are you sure? Maybe got the wrong way around. Maybe, no, maybe, he thinks, maybe, maybe, he, maybe he's confused. And he's not, he doesn't realise what's going on. What the? F- that's a crazy story. That's really good, isn't it? A military base. <laughs> Everything about this is already questions, so isn't qu- it? Yeah, it doesn't really I want matter. you to imagine a 1970s Neil Warnock in quite short shorts, a whistle around his neck, a military base <laughs> against a, man, a refereeing a game with a bunch of army men and then just not allowing obvious penalties. I like, in my head, because when he says uphill, I, I like imagine a huge hill. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure it's a really small slope. Like, in my head, it's this massive thing of people are coming up it. An alpine incline. Yeah, and he walks out. He's like, he's got chains, he's walking out to the car park and his flares and his... And it's like big hair, and it's like massive lapels. Yeah, and it's like, and then woman's like, "Here's your, here's your pay, here's your money for the day." And he says, "Keep it, love. Give it to the club. Keep it, love. Give it to the club." I made a big mistake. I'm walking away from refereeing forever. <laughs> I'm so, putting the whistle back in the drawer. What, what will you do for work? <laughs> go back to Chiropody and says, "Maybe, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll have a go at something else." Winks at, ca- winks at the camera, <laughs> and, it's like, <laughs> and it's like, boom. Neil Warnock, the TV series begins. That's the opening scene. It's of the me, the manager. And he, yeah, the, the viewer doesn't know it's Warnock. Yeah, yeah it's like incredible. Bang, incredible. Dan, Warnock the movie. Yeah, I love it. Let's direct it. God, thank God he's back. Who would play Neil Warnock? Oh, it's giving me so much joy. If Warnock can uh, play himself. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin, yeah, he's a really. Good, I, I think it's Michael Sheen. I know he's played yeah, uh, Brian, Brian Clough and Neil Warnock, the two great <laughs> managers of our generation. I, but he's so he's a, bit, he's a comedian. Michael Sheen, he could do it. Yeah, he could. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix would be good. Imagine the depth you need to play Warnock. Yeah, God. Oh, do you know, I've totally forgotten who should play Warnock. It's obvious. Sean Bean. Yes, you're right. It makes so much sense. If you don't know what that means, go back to uh, one of our episodes called The Film Actor Sean Bean, in which he features in Neil Warnock's book. Yeah, imagine the scene, imagine Sean Bean playing Neil Warnock in the scene where Neil Warnock shouts at Sean Bean. (laughs) Who plays Sean Bean? It's so messy. Sean Bean plays himself. Sean plays (laughs) Sean Bean. So many levels to That's really good. Uh, Cool. Oh, God, it's made me so happy back. Yeah, God. (laughs) Sorry for everyone listening to the podcast post or pre-Warnock because it's uh, so yeah. much better with him back. It is really good, isn't it? Uh, let's, let's wrap this thing up, Jack. Yeah, let's get out of here. Uh, see you all soon, mate. See you, mate.